there, wildling. Welcome to the Tea and Tombstones podcast. Here, we discuss topics in relation to the wild spirit, and we are rewriting the themes of wellness to include the spectrum of hallowed ground we claim within ourselves and the haunted ground we conquer with reverence and honor. My name is Ashley, the creator and wolf child of Tea and Tombstones. With tarot cards in my hands and a howl in my throat, I welcome you here. Hello there, my dear listener, my dear, dear wild one, wherever you are at today and in this time as we get ready to close out the month of February, as always, I hope you are well. I hope you are moving in a space of alignment with your heart space. I hope that this month allowed you to take some time to open and connect to that which is within the heart and to really see what is stirring within your emotions, within your intuition. I hope that this was also a month where you were able to cultivate that patience from the Blackthorn and from the Bobcat, which were our monthly forecast cards, and use those to find a sense of gentleness, a sense of connection, or a sense of uh, permission to take a little bit of a slower pace, to take a little bit more time, and to find that gentleness with others, other things, and in other spaces as well. I know that I'm definitely having to do that for myself and this month has really allowed me to be in connection to what I want and what I need and to be in connection to my heart but it's also allowing me a sense of gentleness to just kind of find myself in those spaces especially after I just finished my workshop intuitively exploring the major arcana through alternative methods it went so so well I'm really just sitting in that heart space within and just kind of reveling in the feel good of that because it did go really well There were definitely things that I saw that um, reflection I know I could improve on. There were things that I could have definitely done better and I'm taking a lot of notes so that next time I can do better. But I'm just really in that hard space right now of checking in, connecting, seeing where I am in that space of feel good, where I am in that space of reflection and honesty of what I could do better. And also there is a little bit of perfectionist in me that wants to have everything be perfect so when it's not, I get a little bit of a tension or an edge within me. So I'm sitting with that as well. And as I was sitting in the space of reflection, connecting into my heart space after I went through this workshop, I thought that one of the things that I would do is talk about one of the tips here on the podcast that I mentioned in the workshop, but I also mentioned on TikTok as well. Now, this tip I mentioned and that I wrote in the workbook was written specifically for working with the majors, but you can take this tip and extrapolate it or implement it into working with all of the tarot. It doesn't have to be working with just the majors, but I do think that this tip is incredibly helpful in working with the majors because the majors are cards that at times can feel really hard to tap into in our daily lives. They come forward in a reading and it's kind of obscure. It's very liminal. It's very uh, archetypal. It's very symbolic. And sometimes while they have very beautiful and profound messages and invitations for us, it can be hard to see how we can kind of saddle that horse, if you will. It can be hard to see how we can kind of direct and work with that in real space in real time. In fact, what I wrote in the workbook actually really speaks to this. What I wrote says, because the majors represent these timeless archetypes and symbols, you have an understanding and connection to these cards and their energies through your wild DNA. However, they can feel hard to tap into within daily life because they are so cosmic, ethereal, and conceptual. They transcend reason, reality, or linear narratives and understandings. 
So how do we start working with them? The first thing is to simply open the space of connection. Sit with the card and see what comes forward. Let the connection start to expand without judgment or expectation. Just start to envision. And the tip that I wrote says this, Whenever you feel like you are struggling to connect with a major arcana card, think of it like a place you knew from your past. You know the rooms that house these energies. I wanted to talk about this tip today, and I will share some of the other tips from the workbook on social media. Like I said, I shared this one on TikTok the day before the workshop actually happened. And I will share those tips here on the podcast as well. That's one of my favorite kind of uh, themed episodes is the tarot tips for epic and honest readings. I love those episodes so much because I know that for me, when I was first starting to read tarot, tips like that would have been so helpful for me. And I'm sure that they were out there and I just didn't see some of them or maybe I was just not in my own intuitive space. So I was taking tips that other people were saying and applying them to my own practice that didn't really feel right or kind of sit with um, the foundational way that I read tarot. But the tarot tips for epic and honest readings are one of my favorite recurring episodes because one of my main goals with the podcast, with everything that I share across my platform is I want everyone who listens to me, I want you who listen to me to have epic and honest readings because that is what I had and that is what I want you to have. So I will share other tips on social media from the workbook. I will share them on the podcast. At some point, I would love to take this workshop. I would love to take intuitively exploring the major arcana through alternative methods and have that be reformatted and reworked a little bit so that it can be taken and become an online workshop so that if you want to go through this workshop with me, you have the ability to, even if you are not in Denver, Colorado. So that is something I am going to be working on. But one of the reasons why I wanted to share this tip today of sitting in the rooms and the houses of these energies of the tarot is because it relates to something that I've talked about in another episode of Tarot Tips for Epic and Honest Readings, which is avoiding the pull reflex. And this tip of just simply opening the space of connection, sitting with the card and seeing what comes forward and letting that expand without judgment or expectation, that takes the avoiding the pull reflex and it expands on it. Just to recap, if you have not listened to my episode on the pull reflex, I would definitely go and listen to that. That is a tip that I talk about often across all of my platforms. But the pull reflex is where you sit down to do a reading and you pull a card over or you pull a few cards over, let's say, and one of the cards or the card that you pulled, you're not really sure what it's saying. There's a little bit of a void, a blank between you and the understanding or the imitations with this card that you're working with. And the pull reflex is where you start pulling other cards to try to clarify, signify, or otherwise describe what the first card was saying to you. The reason that I do not like to do that, I don't um, advocate reading that way, and I talk about avoiding that is because what you are doing when you are pulling extra cards to make the one that you're working with more clear is you're looking for an immediate answer. Now, I'm not saying that that's wrong. We want our tarot readings to have immediate clarity. We want to be in a space with our tarot practice where we pull a card over and we have such a connection to it that we have immediate understanding, clarification, or an idea of how to take this card and work with it once we leave the reading. One of the reasons why I am so passionate about 
avoiding the pull reflex is because I can tell you after six plus years, seven years of reading the tarot, I still have this. It's not as often, but I still have moments where I pull a card forward and I'm a little thrown. I'm a little like, I was not expecting that card. If I was to start pulling on the other cards in the deck to immediately make that one that kind of threw me for a loop more clear, I'm not taking the time to really see what that card is saying to me. I'm looking for a more immediate answer. And again, I get it. I totally understand that. I have been in that space. I'm not saying that that's wrong to feel that, to want that. And if you want to keep pulling those cards, absolutely. Like, do you? I avoid it because I have just found over my own practice that when I'm less invested in having an immediate answer and I'm more in a space of letting those energies unfold, I find that I get a much deeper and more intimate understanding with the card that threw me for a loop, if you will. I have actually found that when I have been in the space of the pull reflex, that I have actually muddied up the narrative. I've actually kind of confused myself even more at times because I'm adding all of these other cards in that I'm trying to find my way through but I'm just kind of stacking and layering all these imitations on top of a one on top of one that I'm already kind of trying to find my way with. So it's kind of like putting uh, extra weight in my backpack, if you will. You know, I'm kind of like muddying and weighing down the narrative of the reading. I have also found when I've been in the space of the pull reflex that I have then moved into a space of prioritizing one card over another. Why is this one card more important or more clear than this one that also kind of shows where I maybe need to work more with this card. So that is why I avoid the pull reflex and why I talk about it across all of my platforms because I just don't think it's as helpful as we might be immediately thinking that it is. But I want to take that and extrapolate that into this tip and this conversation about just opening into the rooms and the houses and the energies of the tarot as a whole. When I mentioned this on my TikTok, I mentioned referring to or thinking about a place that you've known from your past. And I ask that here of you now. Think of a place that you knew well as a child or think of a place that you knew well where enough time or distance has passed between you and that space. The reason that I'm mentioning a space from childhood or at least a space in old haunting ground from long ago is because we want to, in conjuring the memory of this place, we may have some of the immediate details known and ready for us, but some of the other details, some of the other senses may take some time and may take us really sitting in the space of that memory and reflecting on that space for some of those details to kind of be fleshed out. For instance, if I was to think of a place like my grandma's house, which I used to go to and visit every Thanksgiving. She lived in Texas from the time I was a very young child up until about high school time, which was 2006 was when I graduated high school. There's some details that I can immediately recall. I know the layout of this house because I frequented it so many times. I know that to the left, if you walk through the front door, was the hallway that led down to the bathrooms and the bedrooms. If you look straight ahead, that was the living room that led into the dining room and then curved around to the family room. And then on the left was the kitchen and also where the garage entrance was. I can see the front entrance to the house with the bushes on the right hand side where there was like this little patio overhang. 
I can see the way that the front yard looked. I can even see the street itself. But some of the other details, I have to take a little bit more time to really conjure in this space of reflection and of coming back into this memory. Things like the tiles on the kitchen floor, the furniture, pictures on the wall, some of the little lacy, doily, knickknack things that my grandma had around the house. Some of those take more time for me to remember and some of them are still quite uh, foggy. Some of them I still can't fully remember as they were. And I'm sure the same goes for you in the space that you're thinking of. I'm sure that there are things about this space that you can just immediately recall. Just immediately you know some of the details. Some of the other details you have to kind of sit with, really kind of think of a moment that happened, an experience, a memory within the memory, and then some of the other details may still be in the space of forgetfulness, of unknowns, of darkness. So what's the point here? Like, why am I asking you to think of a space from childhood or from your past, and how does that relate to the tarot? Well, it connects in this way. If you pull a card forward, let's say it's a daily pull, and you're not sure what it's saying, before you start doing the pull reflex, before you immediately grab your guidebook that comes with your tarot deck, if you take a few moments just to sit in the house of that tarot card, you sit in the symbolism and you think of what that card is saying, I promise you, you are going to start to see in ways or at times where you have been in the room of that tarot card and may not have even known it. Now again, as I've said before, the role of a tarot practice is that over time, when you pull a card and you're not quite sure what it's saying, you can more immediately call on your remembrance of that card through both standard and alternative methods. But in those spaces, and they still happen even for tarot readers who have been reading for years, there are times where a card comes forward and you just have to sit with it for a second. When you sit with it, those details, the details of the rooms of that tarot card and where it has come forward for you and other parts of your life, even before you learned tarot or knew tarot, those details are going to start to come forward. When you take time just to sit in the house or the room or the energies of that card, just like with the connecting to the space from your past, those details are going to start to get a little bit more fleshed out. Some of the things you're going to start to remember when you sit with that card. My cat has decided to jump up and join us for this conversation, so if you hear purring in the background, that is what you are hearing. So when you are connecting to these rooms of your past, and when you are also connecting to this open invitation or connection to the tarot card, you're opening into details of places, times, or ways that you have embodied this card without even knowing it or before you ever even knew the tarot. One situation for me that I can speak to so clearly was uh, when I was going through my divorce and I can speak to the strength card so clearly from this time in my life and I never knew the tarot at this time. But my divorce was one of the hardest things that I've ever had to go through. It was one of the best things that I have ever had to go through because I cannot imagine a worse future than living with someone and having to give up my sovereignty and my power to appease someone else. But it was hard. And there were days when I was going through that time where I would have admittedly, willingly been broken and in some other kind of pain than deal with the pain that I was going through. 
there are honestly moments in that time where I did not want to be strong. I did not want to have to be strong. I wanted to be in the space of broken pieces and just let that be to not feel the pain of having to put myself back together again. And I mention this because that is something that the strength card really asks of us. The strength card, while a beautiful card, an absolutely gorgeous card, is not always easy. Because when we are working with strength, we have to be honest about where we need to be strong. And it's not easy to put the pieces of yourself back together. It's also not easy to admit that you would rather be broken and in some other kind of pain than deal with the pain that you're dealing with. But the strength card says that you can and you will get through it. It's just going to be fucking shit for a while. Because of that situation that I went through, I can speak so intuitively and so intimately to the strength card more than any standard resource because that was a time where I embodied the strength card and didn't even know that I was doing that, didn't even know the tarot at that time. And I mentioned that and I mentioned these rooms and these houses because when you are working with the tarot and you have a card come forward, not just a major arcana card, but any card, and you pull it forward and you're not sure, you're a little confused, it's throwing you for a loop, it's just really not sitting with you, take a few moments to see where you have been in the house, the room, the energies of that card beforehand. And if you think about it and you write it down in your journal and it turns out that that is not fully in connection with what you really think the card is saying to you or you have a different understanding of that card, that's totally okay. It doesn't have to be 100% right or wrong. But when you start to open into the space of where you've embodied those energies, you are going to be more right in your intuitive receivings than you think. One other thing, like a little tip, like a a tip within a tip, if you will, that I just really want to emphasize in this space, going back to being 100% right or wrong, is that when you try to approach the tarot from being 100% right immediately or you're 100% wrong, you're not giving room, space, or time for the nuance of your practice to unfold. If we're seeking to get to the end game of right or wrong with tarot immediately, we're missing the nuance. And I really feel like we're missing the beauty in approaching the tarot that way. So again, yes, we want our tarot readings, we want our tarot practice to be luminous, to bring clarity, to bring answers, to bring understanding. But I also just want to emphasize that a patient tarot practice is how you get an intimate and an intuitive tarot practice. And that's why I mentioned going back to these rooms of your past, going into these spaces where you were in the energy of the tarot before you knew the tarot or before you made the connection that you were in this card. Because that is where the nuances, that is where the grit, the meat on the bone is of your tarot practice. That can feel very challenging at times. And to be honest, when I was first learning, I was nose deep in every tarot book that I can find. But what that also led to was a lot of unlearning. It was a lot of unlearning and having to rebuild from an intuitive space. So that's why I mentioned this as one of the first tips. And it's actually the first tip in the major arcana workbook that I wrote for the workshop is just this opening of working with the cards, not just the majors, but all of the tarot. 
Can you just open into the space of that energy? And even if you don't finish your journal entry, even if you find out later that you were wrong, are you willing and brave enough to be wrong, to be patient, to let some of these invitations unfold? Are you willing to open into the details of the symbolism of what you think this card is saying by going into the energies, the rooms of this card, like going into that space of your childhood or of your past and letting those details some are going to start to immediately come forward some are going to slowly come forward are you willing to let that be part of the tarot practice that you have instead of just reaching immediately for other resources from other interpretations to give you a narrative that you can work with and like i said if at times that is exactly what you need and you know you need that then honor that i'm not saying that that is wrong what I am saying is that I don't think we talk about often enough about the practice of patiently working with the tarot, of patiently letting the cards unfold in front of us. And we start to see where we've been in these spaces in the past and how we can use that and intuitively build on the details of where we have been with these cards and use that to connect to the readings that we do for ourselves here and now, going forward for other people if you read for other people. So that is the tarot tip that I have for you today. Can you just open into the conversation and into the connection of the cards? Think of it like a room from your childhood or a room or a place from your past. You know these cards because you've been in them before. Before you knew tarot, you have been in these spaces. And when you make those connections and let that connection come forward intuitively in its own time and you're patient with that unfolding, that understanding is going to give you a better way to speak to the cards than any standard method ever could. I absolutely promise you that taking even five minutes a few breaths before you go to your guidebook, you're going to get something. And I know that that's hard. Again, no judgment at all. I have been in this space so many times. And again, I've had to unlearn because I've been in that space so many times that when I take more time between me and the tarot, without the guidebook, without anything else, with just me and my journal, I'm going to get at least one thought, one idea, one connection, one piece of conversation that I'm having with that card. So I challenge you to give yourself even a few breaths or five minutes before you reach for your guidebook. Just open into the space, into the room, into the energy of that card, of those cards. Just sit with it for a few moments, for five minutes, whatever it is. I challenge you to do that and see what happens. So that is the tip. That is the episode. I would like to thank my patrons, Lisa Zimmerman, Bobby McDermott, Deb Guy, and Nicole Smith. Thank you, as always, for your continued support in me and in TN Tombstones. It obviously and always means the world to me. And to you, my dear listener, I would love to hear from you on how you incorporate this into your tarot practice and what insights you gain from doing this and from taking time to cultivate more patience and to have a slower pace, a more intuitive pace in your tarot practice. So you can definitely reach out to me and let me know what your thoughts are, comments or questions. So thank you so very much for listening to this, for letting me into your day. Until next time and next month, Take care. Bye.
Thank you for listening and for letting me into your day. If you liked this podcast and you enjoy the content of Tea and Tombstones, please like the show, rate it on iTunes, continue to listen to past and future episodes, and share with someone who would enjoy these fierce discussions. These are the best ways to show your support and it is greatly appreciated. If you would like to work with me in services of tarot guidance and spiritual allyship, please click the link in the show notes to be directed to my store and services page. Consider becoming a patron so you get an extra card every month, resources for the affirmation, and physical products that coincide with that third monthly card. Finally, come find me and say hi on Instagram. Keep howling, my wild one.